Okay, good evening, gentlemen. Today's daf is Yuma daf Samarzayin. We are middle of the page. Samarzayin Amid Aleph Al Kosuka Vesuka Oymrim Loi Hare Mazayin Vahare Mayim. So, as the Mishnah described, when the Shliach, there was a fellow who would be taking, escorting the goat to the Azazel. So, we were concerned maybe he'll get hungry, or at least he should know that there's food there. So, the Mishnah described there were many sukkahs. We had a machlekes, how many? We had to figure out with Tchum Shabbos, that was the beginning of Samazayin and Aleph. But either way, the Mishnah said, every hut he would reach, they had, you know, a smorgasbord there, they would ask him, if you need to eat, please take something to eat, take a drink. So, Tanam went in a brisa, so take a look at the statistics. It never happened. There was never a Shaliach who was taking out the goat that ever actually ate. So, why do they do this? Ella. Someone who has bread in his basket, meaning he knows that there's food available if necessary, you can't compare. This comes up in Hilchas Nida for a married couple, even though there's an Isakaris to be together, but there's Paspasali, he knows eventually. So you have other times where there's a heter of Paspasali. You know, this concept, as long as someone knows it's available so psychologically, it's much easier for them to deal with these challenges. Next. What was today? I'm saying, uh, they, they know that there's a sheer available. Oh, very good, very good. Okay. True, true, true. Pass the salad, very good. So the Mishnah described he would split the string of, uh, of wool, and he would put half on the horns and half on a rock. And he would push the goat off the cliff. So the Gemara says, "Vinikdere kule b'sela." Why don't you just simply tie the lush and shell zahiris on a rock? Why do you have to put half of it on the horns and half of it on the rock? So the Gemara says, "Came with the mitzvah b'seir, since there's a mitzvah to push the goat, you know, uh, flip it and knock it off the cliff." As the pasuk says, "V'nasasir alavas kolavanis el eretz gezera." So the word gezera means you should knock it to a place where it's going to get gezera, like cut up. However, there's a concern. If all he did was he would just tie the string onto the rock, it might turn white, and we're going to see based on the psukim. The pasuk says we say this in uh, slichas all the time, or if you say certain parts of karbanis, but the pasuk says. There's a concept of the, the sins turning, the string turning white. That's not what the Pasuk says explicitly, but we know there's a concept of the strings turning, the string would turn white. So if you took this red string, it would turn white before he would actually send the goat off the cliff. He might say, okay, mission accomplished. It's, it's over. And he would not actually go through with you know, sending the goat off the cliff, and therefore there was a there was a concern. He'll be happy, and he won't actually go through with pushing the goat off the cliff. So the Gemara says, Okay, so tie all of it onto the horns of the goat. Why do you have half? You split it in half. You tied half of it to the to the rock, half of it to the to the horns. Just do all of it on the horns. The Gemara says, you know, depending on how the goat would fall, it could be there would be no. Uh, there would be no. Zoom. There would be no. Um, be no way for you to for you to see if the string turned white. Okay, I don't need this. Okay, zoom background. Originally, they would tie a, again, there's different versions of what they did. If you look at your, uh, you know, your Parsha books, your coloring books, it seems like 
we our Masaira is there was always a string tied in front of the Hechel. But this Brisa doesn't say that. The Brisa said like this. Originally, historically, they would always have a red string in the base of Mekdash tied on the entranceway it would be outside, on the, on the outside part where a Yisrael could see if it turns white. Hilbin, if it turns white, you know, the cheers would go. It would be very exciting. However, if it wasn't turning white, they would get depressed and they would give up. So many learn that, that that's a problem. Atzvus and depression and giving up is not good, and we don't want that. So So they figured, you know what? We're going to tie it on the inside of the ulam, so only the Kahanim could see it. Still, by dying, they would, you know, somehow angle themselves or someone in the Kahanim would tell everyone there was one, you know, guy on the inside who was, couldn't keep his mouth shut. He would tell anyone, so once again, so once again, they, this is not good. They would have half of it. This is what we do. The string is no longer present in the Ulam, according to this Brisa. It is only found when it's when the goat is going la zazo, and there's only one person who knows if it turned white. That's the kai, that's the, what was ended up being a kai, and the, the, the shliach who took the goat to la zazo. And to be sure to explain, he would then go back to that hut, tell them it turned white, then that guy would go to the next hut, and, you know, eventually, you know, do you want to buy a duck? What type of duck, right? So, so eventually he would go back, and somehow they would find out towards the end of the yantif that there was a kapara. However, there's a different brysa, which seems to fit with our uh, coloring book Masara, but that, you know that that's how we we also have other other um, other indications in Shas. I believe by Shimon Tzadik it says that when he was alive, there was never a year where the red string didn't turn white. So what are we talking about? This is by outside Shani. The, outside the how this how they went back. So each he's one allowed, he's allowed to go back to his hut to that hut because always So each one could right? go back to their tombs. So either way, there was always a place where you could meet, right? That was yesterday. The end of yesterday's daf. So if you go there, there was ten sukkahs. Right. So then each one could walk one sukkah to the next, you know, one mill. You could walk one mill in each direction. So it was oh, each so each one was one away. If you go, so yeah. The one guy's allowed to go back and get something. Right. Back. Exactly. Yeah. This is musical nuts. Yes. Exactly. Very good. Okay. So I was just saying, so I believe you find my Shimon Atzalik, it says there was a miracle that his, his that whenever he was a Kohen Gadol, the red string always turned white. So there, there is indication that this was not the only place where they had a string, although this price seems very clearly that they didn't have a string anymore. They don't want cheering and, you know, uh, everyone get excited. So... We have a different price. I'm Rabbi Nachum by Papa Mishum Velazra Kafar. Originally, they would be tying it on the Pesach Ulam Once the goat reached the Midbar Hayu Malvin, it would turn white. That string that was on the Pesach Ulam would turn white. Then they would know the Yadu Shed Nasis Mitzvah. Klai Yisrael would know that mission accomplished, the goat ended up off, you know, off Azaz. I'm sure there were people that would time it. Last year was an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> this year was quicker, slower, like you're dominating. So you have, uh, there, I'm sure there were those that, that kept track. Even if your sins will be like red, Yom Kippur is Mechaper, and Hashem said, I will turn it white. Now, the Mishnah continues. After the goat was pushed off the cliff, it would not reach down uh, half the mountain until it already became a varim, a varim. Those limbs, now that it's been chopped up, is meaning if you find it, can you sell it? Can you let your dogs, you know, let's say you're taking a tour outside of, uh, you know, Yerushalayim, you know, and you see these limbs. 
Can you let your dog eat it? Is there isr hana? So Rav Shmuel, it's machlek is Rav Shmuel, Chad Amar Mutarin. One says it's Mutar, Chad Amar Asurin. The other one says it's Asur Mandar Mutarin. The one who says it's Mutar Dechsev, it says. It says that you uh, you send it out to the desert. What's Bamidbar telling me? It must be telling me it's like the Midbar. The Midbar is, uh, is is like Hefker, right? That was the famous line. They used to call America the Midbar back in the day. So there's a, there's a famous story where uh, Rav Aaron Cutler, right? Um, let me see. Yeah. Aaron, Rav Aaron Cutler, I wasn't sure if he should go to America. I don't know if the story is true, but it's brought down. And he did a Garel Hagra. He took out a Chumash. He said, Vayoymer Hashem el Aaron, Leich el Moshe Bamidbar, or something like that. Go to Moshe. So that was Moshe Feinstein. So that's why he, he joined him in America. That's the, that's the legend. But either way, they used to call America the Midbar. So, there were other names as well, but they called it the Midbar. And, and uh, rightfully so. And, they, um, and the Midbar means it was Hefker. So that would indicate that. It's it's hefker and therefore you could indeed have enough from these limits. That's what Rashi says. Masurin, the the Pasik describes it. It says El Eretz Gezera. Gezera sounds like some prohibition. So Gezera is indicating that Rashi says Lashon Chaymer Veiser, some type of Iser. Yeah. Oh, very good. That's the Gemara's Teres Taka. So, well, let's see. The Gemara actually says that. That doesn't make any sense to make it usher, because then how is anybody going to know? What do you do with Midbar? So, let's see the first of the drushes back and forth, and then we'll see the Svara. So, Midbar, what do you do with Midbar? And the following Brysa. It says in the Torah three times Midbar. It says, L'shalach oise la'zazel ha-midbara. V'shilach v'yad ish. Iti, Iti was famous from yesterday's daf. Ha-midbara. V'shalach esasair. Ba-midbar. So why do I need three times the Torah tells me ba-midbar? We got it. It has to be in the desert. So the rabbi is to include noiv v'givoin. Shiloh u'beis alamim. That noiv and givoin. Let's see, the, when, when the Mishkan was in noiv and givoin, or Shiloi, or and it was actually the Beis Hamikdash itself, where which we call Beis Alamim. All three of them, he had to send the Azazel to a desert. It can't be done in the city. It has to be sent out, even though we're not in Yerushalayim. Let's say we're in Mishkan Shiloi. Had to be sent out. Okay, the Idach, and according to the Manamah that says it's What is he going to do with the word Gezera? Gezera sounds like some type of prohibition. That it has to be a. Uh, a a um a cliff that that has like that's choppy, not a smooth uh, hill. That it has to uh, go down in piece by piece, which is a similar uh, shot. Gezera means got to do it, because I would have thought this is an odd thing to do. It's a it's a it's a busy throwing down goats off the off the mountain. What what is that? You know, uh, why is that significant? So the Torah says when it says Gezera, it says Ani Hashem, Ani Hashem Gezartiv. I made this Gezera, do it. It's a chayk. Don't start questioning why we do it. I'm going to get to that soon. The Gemara is going to expand that a little bit. You know, Mishpat and Chayk, which is actually ap- uh, apropos for today's, uh, tomorrow, uh, what do you call it, uh, this week's parasha, Parshat Chukas, that there are Chukim, certain things we do not understand. So Amar Rav, Rav says, Mistavra, and Adam was saying this, Kemanda Amar Mutar, and it makes sense that it's Mutar. Why? Because let Amar Tara Shalach Letakala. The Torah is going to say, send it down the mountain, it's going to be chopped into different pieces, and what are you left with? You're going to have all those pieces on the floor, you're not, the coin is not picking, not cleaning it up, so someone's going to walk by. On his uh, tours with some Israeli guys, and they say, "Oh, this is Azazel Hill." You know, every, every hill is Azazel Hill. So, happens to be it's not so clear that it needed to be a specific 
Like, so as long as it fits the criteria, it's next to Yerushalayim, and it's out in the desert, and it's a certain measurement, okay, fine. But anyway, someone's going to walk by with their dogs or camels, and they're going to start eating. So it's their hana. So it doesn't make sense. Tara wanted it to be l'ditakala, and therefore it should be mutter bihana. Tanu ra banan azazel. What the Torah says, there's a mitzvah to set it down, azazel, shehe az v'kasha. And it should be, you know, uh, uh, bold and kasha, but the point is it should be a very strong uh, uh, a terrain that is going to hurt the goat. Yachol be'yishavauti, maybe do it in town. Tamalaymer by Midbar, out out of town in the Midbar. I mean, I shabbat sook. How do you know it should be off a cliff? Tamalaymer gzera. Gzera means like a a cut, meaning it's it's cut, it's precise. So that's a har chatuch, like a a cut mountain. Tani idach hazazol kasha b'harm. It was actually a specific mountain. So uh, Azazel was kosher b'harm, was strong v'chinu aimer, that's Eli Haaretz Lakach, that kale means strong. So so Azazel is uh, is telling me that it's a very specific type of mountain. Like Azuz, kale, Azaz, Aleph Lamed, strong. It's time to be every shmal. Azazel, shemachapra masa uzav Azazel, ba'azael. That Azazel is referencing something. That this goat is mechaper now? First of all, the Torah we know that it's mechaper on everything, but it's also mechaper on things you wouldn't assume would be mechaper. What's that? Amaisa uzav azaza. These are uh, these are the two malachim that came down in the days of Nama, who was the sister of Tuvakayin. They were busy with Gilearias. This is found in the end of Parshas Bereshis. They also didn't help. Didn't help the cause. They were not part of the solution. They were part of the problem. And anyways, it's even mechaper on Gilead Arias, which I would think it wouldn't be. So Kamash Mulan, Azazel, it's mechaper on even things like Maise Uzeva Azazel. Tanurabban. So coming back, we just said before, Ani Hashem tells me certain things, even if we don't understand it, like throwing the goat off the cliff, we have to keep, it's a chayk. So the Pasuk says like this, it says it's mishpat taita, so you should do mishpatim. Now, we know from Rashi in this week's parish, the beginning of the parish, there's a mishpat and then there's a chayk. So chayk, we assume, means we don't understand the full reasoning. A mishpat, we could give logical reasons of why, you know, kavides avicha vesimecha. Come on, of course you have to do, right? Because it's your parents. So, things that even if the Torah would not have written it, we would know on our own. And these are the following. It's interesting that these are the three. You would think, okay, uh, you know, giving tzedakah maybe, certain things that we would assume are basic. This is what the Gemara chooses. Which, okay, we can understand that. Avedis Chavim to serve other gods, of course. If you if you believe in God, so God, not gods. So God, Avedis Chavim. Vigili Arias, being unfaithful in marriage or being busy with someone else's marriage. Aishasish, all those things. Ushvichas Damim, and the Isra of murdering someone. Vigazel, and stealing. Upirkas Hashem, and cursing Hashem. So typically the Gemara uses a Lashanaki, so Berch Hashem meaning cursing on Hashem. So these things, any normal person, if you're a religious man and you you, you understand just basic um, relationships, you cannot steal, you cannot be busy with other people's wives, you cannot kill another person, these things are basic. That still, there's a mitzvah of Ismishpatei Tas, in the Rambam, in the beginning of Sefer Mitzvahs, and other places where he talks about why we actually have mitzvahs in, and ultimately there's a depth to it Beyond just the you know the basic reasoning, there's halachas of keep it up aim when even a person doesn't get along with his parents. There are many halachas that that uh, that um, go beyond the basic moral code. Yeah. Doesn't kila arise only include the craven? Yeah, yeah. So um, it's not here at all. 
No, it's both. It's both. Look at yeah, but before Mount Antara, everybody was married. So, so the Chayre, it, it was hard to know exactly what they were. They, they, we just had this a few parsh uh, right? Uh, they were, they, they were crying and Baicham al Amish Pchaseim. So, yeah, there was something that they were allowed to. Something's not. The question is, one of the shavas, the one of the seven mitzvahs, seven mitzvahs is uh, Gili Arias. So Pash is Ashes Ish. And and it's you know maybe a person's closest relatives, but not two sisters, not uh, certain things that are usher from the Tyra, right? Yaakov Avinu was able to marry two sisters. One cannot marry two sisters after the Torah was given. Saying the Shvatim all married their sisters. So when they have sisters, real sisters, the Midrashim, yeah, it's good, 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 good stuff, you know. But Aisha's ish was definitely definitely usher. Kihishchis kolbasar. We know that the Medrash tells us, you know, those things uh, cause the mabel. Okay. But it's something fair to think about. It's really a question on the Chumash. The Chumash says that we were, that we were crying. Bacha Amish B'chaisam. They were crying about their families. What happened to the Shev Mitzvah So that's really where the question is. You have to figure out what, what applied, what didn't apply. Okay, now, the flip side of that is that there are chukim. As Satan Certain things that uh, Satan bothers us. I mean, the Yitzhah bothers us and says, eh, these things are, are worthless. Like, come on. Why, why, why can't you, you know, do that? Ve'luhin. These are the following: Achilas Chazir, eating a chazer, eating a pork. What's supposed to be the deal? It's not going to hurt you. So the Rambam gives a reason that there was some, uh, there was disease, in I forgot what it's called. And, yeah, so that. So uh, until recently, it was still there were there were still issues of that. But okay, Achilas Chazir, Levishas Shatnes, the Chalitza Yivama, Chalitza Yivama, even Vitaharas Mitzayra, and the way that the Mitzayra needs to get tar is to put the blood and the oil on his toes. We had this whole Vesar Mishdaleach and sending a goat off a cliff. What is that? Veshema Toimer Masay Toyuim. Once again, maybe you're going to tell me these are useless service. I said these rules. In the Chavashos, don't question this is what you're supposed to be doing. The Mishnah continues. So the Pesukim tell us that that the one who is sending the par, sorry, sending the sar la'azazel, at some point he has to go wash his hands, to wash wash his clothing, because his clothing are tame. So the Mishnah said is machlekes. The Tanakhama said as soon as he leaves Yerushalayim, that's when he becomes tame. Rabbi Shimon said when he pushes the goat off the cliffs. Tanarabanan. Pasik says Hamishaleach as Hasair laazal ziyachabis begadav. So Hamishaleach metame begadim v'nashaleach as Hamishaleach metame begadim. Only the 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 fellow who actually walked the goat out, but the people that escorted him. The Mishnah said Miyakire Yerushalayim used to escort him from one sukkah to the other sukkah. Those people were not Tame. Only the fellow himself, his begotten became Tame. I would think immediately upon leaving the Azara, he should become Tame, meaning his clothing should become Tame. You have to be sent out, not just, you have to go a little further. Not before you leave Yerushalayim. Then I would say it would be all the way until he reaches the tzuk. That's when he finishes his shlichus. That we learn from there, even according to this Tana, even from the beginning of a shlichus, once you already started going out, you're already considered somewhat of a shliach, and that's when you become tame, leaving Yerushalayim. Once again, Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Huda, we found out, is the author of the Tanakam. He is the Tanakam. Rabbi Yisimer, Azazel v'chibes, Atshigil tzuk, until he reaches the tzuk. Shemanimer was found in our Mishnah, Amashlech, Sir Lazazi, Chabasagad, Zark of Vasraish. Once he uh, pushes him from his head towards towards the, uh, you know, 
off the cliff, then that's when you'll be begadim. Let's do a little more. Next Mishnah. So we're continuing the Avodah, Adim Kippur, in the base of Mishnah. So now, they already did the sprinkling of the dam. They already sent out the Sarla Azazel. There's going to be people watching the string to see if it turns white. Now at this point, we have two carbonates that need to be burnt. You have the par and the sa'ir. Now, interestingly, even though these are chatas, so typically a chatas, the imurim are burnt, but other parts could be eaten by the kahanim. On your kipper, no one's eating anything. And either way, the Pasuk says it has to be burnt. So the par and the sa'ir have to be burnt. The par and sa'ir and kipper are burnt. Now, some other carbonates, just to point out, could be eaten that night. There are certain, uh, I think the, the, the musuf, certain things would be eaten that night, but not after Yom Kippur, Osfasten, but not, not this. So the, the Mishnah said like this. He has to eat after Yom Kippur? Next parrot. I don't know, I'm not sure. Interesting. Okay, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't say that. Okay. We'll see, right? We'll find out, right? Bala eats a par v'sa'ir hanesrafim. So the kind other goes to the par v'sa'ir that now have to be burnt. So karan, you tear it up. You remove the imurim. Those have to be brought in the mezbeach. Now in the son of the magus, you put it in a big bowl. The hektir nagat mezbeach and you burn it on the mezbeach. Now Gemara is going to point out you don't burn it in the bowl. You're not cooking it in a pot. You're putting it in the bowl in the meantime. Okay. Next. Kilaon bimeklais. You would braid it. The par. I don't have a picture, but there are good pictures in the mishnayos. Remember. Growing up, there are these pictures of the goat intertwined with the, uh, looks like the big uh, Belzareb is challah, you know, like it was just, <laughs> that was a picture. And then you see like a mouth on the side. But uh, you, you would braid it together, and that's how it, that's how they would be burnt. I think it's based on the Pasuk that you burn it yachad, you burn it together. So Columba McLeis, you would uh, braid it together, and then Vaitzi on the base of street, and they would take it out of Yushalayim in order to burn it. So now, there, the Pasuk once again says, So there is a Tumas Begadim by bringing out the, by, by burning these two animals. So when does this happen? So the first Tana says, When the fire catches most of this intertangled Parvisar, that's when mission has been accomplished, and that's when you come to Mr. Shimon Lishitase of the previous Mishnah, that you only. Tame when you finished your job. So when the Sarla Zaza, when you push it off the mountain, over here it's when it actually takes fire. The Mishnah, the, the Mishnah had said you put it in a bowl and vihiktira, and you burn it on this beach. So the Gemara says vihiktira and so could that. You're burning it when it's in a bowl. Elaima lehaktiran agav mizbech. It means when you, you're, you're putting it in a bowl to eventually actually burn it on the mizbech. Let's do a little more. Kila and bimiklai. So you would braid it together. Amaravi yochanan kimin klia. Like a braid, that uh, that that it was made like a braid. So Tana they wouldn't cut it up, butcher it up like they would do with a basar oila. So by the basar oila, they would remove the skin before they would butcher it. Ella or agabi basar. When it comes to over here, they would keep it the skin on the meat 
as they were butchering it. And we're going to see that's all based on Pesukim. This is not, you know, a style of butchering. It's just based on Pesukim. Not anyway. How do you know this? Titania, Rebbe Oimer, Rebbe said the following. Now, kind of says, by the Parvisarium Gipurim, Arubasar Uferesh. The Torah says you burn the sarfu as Oiraisam, the skin, Vas Pesarum, the meat, Vas Pirshim, and the waist. Venemar Lahalon, by the Par Koy Mashiach, who, who, um, who sins, he has to bring a par kohen gadol. So aru basar uperish. It says once again, ves ar hapar, ves kol basarei al roish shivak rav v'kirvoy uperishai. So mala halon, just like over there, al yadeni tuach v'lo yadeni hefshet. Over there, we're going to see. We don't know yet where this is from. We'll see that in thirty seconds. But the same way by the kohen mashiach, the par kohen mashiach, halacha is you keep the skin intact and. It's you just simply cut it up. I daily two achvulay they have shade. You don't you don't strip the skin off. Afkan I daily two achvulay they have. So too by the par and soyim and kipurim, the same halacha applies. So the Gemara asks, "V'asuminos? How do you know by the par koyim mashiach you leave the skin intact?" The Tani went in a brisa, "V'kirboy upirshay." That uh, the pasuk says, "That's ara par v'as kol basari arshiv akrav v'kirboy upirshay." The innards and its parish and the waist v'haitzi removed as kol apar amichutz l'machne v'sara v'asel itzim beish. Now, malamish imaitziyah as the pasuk says, "As kol apar shalim," you take it out intact, and you're only going to uh, to cut it up once it has already been removed. Now, yachol yisur fenish shalim. I would say, okay. At this point, I have one big carcass. Let me burn it. Namarkan roish v'karav. So over here it says the Reish, Reishai, the Karav, the head and its its legs. And now Malahalon, by the by the uh, carbon oil it says Reishai Ukrav. And Malahalon, there the Torah says Ayadei Nituach. There it says you cut it up because the pasuk says Va'archu Bnei Aaron Akoyim Es Hanis Sachim. Now with the Samach with the Saf, which means you cut it you cut it up. That's the Oila. So Afkan. So to by Parakoy Mashiach Adim Tuach. So I learned out from Oila that you cut it up. So to by Parakoy Mashiach I cut it up. So so far I know that I remove it whole, but I have to slice it up. So Ima Lahalon Adei Havshed. I would assume okay by Oila you skin it. So to Afkan Adei Havshed. So Tamar Vikir Boy Upirshay. The pasuk says here Vikir Boy Upirshay. How does that teach me anything? My Talmuda. What does that tell me? Amra Papa. Kishim Shepirshay Bikirboy. The same way you ever see intestines. So at some point, there's going to be perish inside those intestines. If you ever see a cow. Um, interesting to look at. So they didn't not busy cleaning out. It was it was it was, it was burnt together. So Kishim Shepirshay Bikirboy. The same way the perish is inside the 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 um, the stomach. With the intestines, kach besari va'irai. So too, the pasuk is indicating that the basar is still in its skin, and that's how we know the basar is still in its skin. And that's if that's what we do by the par Mashiach, that's what we'll do for the par of Yom Kippur as well.